Welcome to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Basics Podcast. We're just two childless millennials who love Disney, Harry Potter, traveling, and all things basic. My name is Sarah Beth Miller. And I'm Caitlin May. And together, we're just two childhood best friends who catch up weekly about theme park news and different topics that we face in our late 20s. Hey, Katie. Well, hey, Sarah Beth. How are you doing this week? Oh, you know just in quarantine so yeah i feel like that's gonna be our greeting every week (laughs) for like a while now (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah can't complain overall doing pretty good you yeah we're still okay um we're you know kind of just been busy working on things you know working on the podcast i've been working on my other side hustle so Mm. and just kind of trying not to go outside yeah, I mean, the weather's kind of been like, eh, so it hasn't yeah. been too bad, but there was definitely some days where it was, like, beautiful outside, and it kind of sucked that we couldn't go outside to enjoy the weather, yeah, but... Yeah, it's, like, um, always looking at the nice sunshine. That'll take a toll on you. Yeah, and, I mean, we don't have a balcony or anything, it, like, on our apartment, so basically we just open our windows and just get the fresh air from there. Yeah, so today is actually Cinco de Mayo as we're recording. So I'm going to say that my boom this week is going to be that we are having a big Zoom chat for obviously celebrating Cinco de Mayo with some of my old coworkers. Um, I'm making a little, you know, some tacos. We're getting Taco Bell delivered. And, you know, I was very productive today. I self-tanned. I did a hair mask. And... You know, just some little self-care today, which was okay, great. So self-care queen. Yeah. So we're like, I had a self-care day and now we're just going to like drink and eat tacos. It's amazing. That's so much um, fun. Yeah. I mean, probably the one thing I did not accomplish, which is a huge bust, was I decided that I wanted to watch all the Star Wars movies because I have not watched any of the new Star Wars movies And I was going to do it by yesterday, but that did not happen because I did not realize that there was nine movies. Yeah, there's a lot of movies. And there's technically more than that if you count Solo and Rogue One. Yeah, I did not. that's 11. Yeah, I did not realize that. And also there's like TV shows and like series. I was about to say, they have TV series. I mean, I really wanted to watch The Mandalorian, so I felt like I needed to watch somewhat of the Star Wars saga before I started The Mandalorian to, like, understand, and I very, very underestimated myself. I also decided this on, like, Thursday, so it's not like I had a month to do it. Yeah, you Um, texted me really close to May the 4th be with you, and you were like, I'm gonna watch all the Star Wars, and I was like, oh, Yeah, I mean, so the last Star Wars movie I saw was with you, when we (laughs) watched episode three. That was literally my 13th birthday. (laughs) Yeah, that was like middle school, so. So that was a um, while ago. Yeah, I mean, I I did it, I watched all the Marvel movies, because I just never caught up, just because I haven't had, you know, life, so I was like, I might as well just do it with the Star Wars movies, too, but yeah, that didn't happen, so. I think I still, I'm like on episode four, so I definitely have some time to go before I'm complete. Yeah, I got a ways to go. And then I'll do the series. 
Well, you've definitely inspired me. My boom for the week was that we started watching the Star Wars movies because I've never watched them chronologically with the series and the two separate films. So I've watched them chronologically, like just the main films, but not with like all the extras. So we started yesterday on May the 4th in like May the 4th celebration. Yeah. So we're on episode two tonight. So after we finish recording, we'll go watch that one, which that one's my personal favorite. That's a very controversial opinion, but it's my favorite. I can't help it. So I'm really excited for that. But my bust... (laughs) It's very dramatic this week. Um, I had to bring my car in. Actually, it had to be towed. That was a lie. I didn't even bring it in. It had to be towed because it's just that bad. Uh, it's got $1,800 worth of damage, and it was a squirrel that did it. How did a squirrel <laughs> cause $1,800 worth of damage to your car? I'm very confused. It literally crawled up into the hood of my car, made a little nest, and like chewed through all of the wires. So I got in my car because I hadn't been driving it because, you know, quarantine, where am I going to go? So I got into my car and I literally drove it like two houses past mine and it was making such a horrible noise and like not accelerating past like seven miles an hour And I was like, oh, this is not good. And so it had to be towed. And then we got the call that it was going to be $1,800 worth of damage. So I'm really hoping that our insurance pays for a majority of it. But still, it's so frustrating that a tiny creature like a squirrel could do that much damage on a car. Ugh. And we don't own the car. We lease the car. Oh, that's even worse. It was just not a good week. Oh, man. Yeah. Katie, tell me, what have you been obsessing with this week? Actually, I'm obsessed with two things. And they are the most basic adult things to be obsessed with. So don't come at me. But I recently bought some new dishes from Target that I'm really loving. And it's crazy that I'm obsessed with them because they're literally like the least fancy thing ever. They're like the room essentials, like plastic, like reusable plates. Oh, those like you see Literally them like made on the for a on, dorm room. <laughs> yeah, you like see them on like the end caps and the aisles and things like that. Yes, I. We only we didn't have like very many plastic like cups and plates and stuff. We had a couple butterbeer cups from when I've gone to Universal, but that was about it. And John has a lot of nieces and nephews and several of them come and visit us pretty often. So I just, I knew that it was time for me to buy plastic, like nice plastic plates. So when the kids were around, they could use that. And I wouldn't worry about, you know, them breaking like really nice glass or something like that. Yeah, I mean, we use paper plates, which I know is not great for the environment. I'm sorry, guys. But, um, yeah, we have, like, four plates. And, like, I feel like I'd rather eat off of a paper plate than use my four plates. Mm-hmm. Because if one breaks, then that's yeah. it. Like, you, I have to buy a new set. You should totally look at these, though, because they were all, like, 79 cents. Oh, yeah. I'm like, definitely going to have to hit that up. so cheap. 
Yeah, because, like, I mean, I drink out of, like, reusable cups, and, like, I don't drink out of glass, and, I mean, I feel like if I can kind of replace, like, everyday type items with that, that would be great. I also have really been loving Downy Unstoppables, and I know, you're, I know you're laughing, I knew you would. I know I'm late to the party, but in my defense, I have really sensitive skin, and so I could never use scented stuff. I kind of felt deprived of that. So I'm kind of trial running these as a way to maybe have like nice smelling clothes because I hate when things are like unscented. Yeah. Like, like they I just smell don't like, feel like they're clean. Yeah. They like smell like nothing. Yes. I hate that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. So I feel you. I'm hoping these work out for me. I love the way that they smell. I got the refresh scent. So mm-hmm. it's like a really nice clean smell but I'm hoping that the more I wear my clothes that have been washed in them that my skin doesn't start to act up yeah that's what I use well I don't use the unstoppables but I use like the um the downy like unstoppables like fabric soft fabric softener the little dryer sheets on my scrubs Mm -hmm. and like the lavender just because like it just, it smells nice, but it's not, like, overpowering, so it's not, like, you. I walk into a room and you're, like, whoa, you smell like lavender. It's, yeah. like, just nice and calm and just, like, you know, a good, just fresh scent. Um, yeah. yeah, Tyler has, like, a bunch of skin allergies and things, so we don't wash with any scent. So, it's, like, I would love for my towels just to smell fresh yes. and clean There's instead of just, like, not wrapping. smelling, like, wrapping yourself in a big towel that smells like yeah instead of it just washed. smelling yeah that just smells like nothing so what have you been obsessing with this week well you know just like every other millennial um animal crossing new horizons um i'm currently working on a cafe in a central park for my island so i've been trying to That's put in some hours cute. there yeah my island is a hot mess right now currently because I'm just trying to, like, rebuild everything, so. See, you say that, but I feel like when I visit your island, I'm like, her island is way cuter than mine. These flowers, though, this, like, crossbreeding and, like, all this nonsense that. Yeah. I didn't realize that there was so much into this game, but, I mean, it's been great, but I just, like, I see all these, like, islands on, like, YouTube and. Like the five-star islands. Oh, yeah, my island's, like, a three-star island, and, like, I don't even understand how. Yeah, ours is a three-star island, and John has been working so hard to bump that up. Let's talk about the news for the week, because a lot of stuff has happened. A lot of stuff has happened. Um, The first thing that I would like to talk about, I know I'm not normally the news lady on here, but I am today, and that is because Stephanie Myers has announced that she is releasing a new Twilight book on August 4th. Like, what is 2020? Is the world ending? Did we revert back to, what, 2007? I think <laughs> like, so. What even is happening I think happening everyone right is, like, freaking out about this piece of news. Oh, 100%. And, of course, it is Midnight Sun, because if she would not... If she would have come out and said, I'm making a new Twilight book and it wouldn't be Midnight Sun, I think I would revolt. Yeah. Did you read it when it was leaked? Oh, 100%. See, I didn't. Oh, I didn't 100%. read it. And I, I lived for it. Like, I was like, this would probably be the best one out of the whole series. Yeah. I mean, she did come out and say that if you are a huge, like, Edward Stan, it may change the way you view him as, like, a character. Never. 
I mean, I don't think so. I think <laughs> like love for him is undying. I feel like if you're just starting out with the series or like didn't read the series when it first came out because, you know, obviously there are people who didn't read the story. Right. Um, I think that could definitely like yeah. change or like if you watch the movies and then you're going to read the books, you know, definitely that type of thing. But I think if you're basically Katie and have been fangirling over Twilight for so long that like <laughs> your Edward Stan is going to stay. Well, I did see on Twitter that on April 22nd, Shanghai Disney was fake testing park admission. We don't know if it was cast members. We don't know if it was higher ups at Disney Shanghai. We don't know. It was just a picture that serviced on Twitter and everyone kind of ran with it. Um, but there is some speculation that Walt Disney World could follow suit and begin testing, you know, the same type of park admission. Yeah. And a lot of things that's been kind of buzzing around, like on the news, you know, the the places that I get my Disney news from is, would you volunteer to be part of a soft opening or like even like of a Universal Studios, like even like their City Walk and things like that would have a soft opening. Would you volunteer to be a part of that? Yeah, I would. I mean, if I had, if I had the resources to, I mean, I've definitely got time. Yeah. But, um... I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I don't think that I don't think it's possible. I mean, I do live far away, so I would have to take that into consideration. But like if I was a Florida resident, I would. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't think I would necessarily participate in a soft opening just because I would want to wait until all the kinks are like ironed out and things like that. Um, especially in the fact that like, yeah, we both live very far. But if I lived close to Universal, then yeah, obviously, I'd probably like go check it out and things mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of what's in the work. So, yeah, I mean, it's, crazy. it is it is pointing us in the direction that the parks are looking to open within the next couple of months. Like, they're yeah. already starting to test, like, how they would do things. You know, are they going to be adding temperature checks and, you know, different things like that. Like, how, like, to get into Magic Kingdom, you have to put, and even at Universal, you have to put your finger on mm-hmm. the turnstiles because everything is, like, digital now. Like, yeah. is that going to change? Like, how are they going to go along with those protocols? Because... That's so true. I did not even think think about that. Yeah, like if I put my finger down onto the turnstile or the little fingerprint scanner, are they going to have to sanitize that? <gasps> well, perfect sanitization is five minutes. So is they, are you, we going to have to wait five minutes or are they just going to completely redo it and you don't that. do that at all? So it's definitely some, you know, things that they still got to work out. Right. But the craziest news is a man was caught trying to quarantine at an abandoned Disney Discovery Island. Yeah, this is insane. It is absolutely 110% insane. He did state that he didn't know it was private private property, and he thought it was a tropical paradise. Yeah, because an abandoned... I mean, okay. It's an abandoned (laughs) island. How is that a tropical paradise? Also, you're in central Florida. (laughs) And how did you not know that it was private property? Because you know Disney plastered Disney all over it. Uh, yeah, uh, if you if you have watched a YouTube that talks about Discovery Island, there is literally a building on the island that says property of Walt Disney World. <laughs> like, did you miss that completely? Like, I'm confused. So when he was arrested, he told authorities that he had been camping on the island for around a week. He ended up being charged with a misdemeanor of trespassing on posted property, obviously because Disney has posted property. Um, authorities had searched for him by foot, 
by boat and helicopter, but he claimed he didn't hear anything because he was asleep in one of the island's building, a.k.a. the building that says property of Walt Disney World. I guarantee it. Yeah, which, uh, let's unpack that too, because how could you not have heard, like, I'm a very hard sleeper, but I would hear people calling my name. I would definitely hear helicopters. (laughs) We live on the 35th floor of our building and there's helicopters that like pass over kind of like the water, not necessarily directly over the city, but like we can hear like they'll kind of pass over the city. We can hear with our windows closed. If you're in the middle of this tropical paradise, you don't mean you mean to tell me that you didn't hear that helicopter. What? So he was also warned not to return to any Walt Disney World properties. Which is very Um, unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like maybe some people don't know what Discovery Island is, but we're the weird people who know what it is. Um, Discovery Island was opened in 1974 as Disney's Treasure Island, and then it eventually changed its name to Discovery Island, and it was more of like kind of where they were. There was like wildlife on the island itself in the middle, and they kind of just kept it as like a research area and things. And then it was, a, and this is what blows my mind. This is how long this island has been abandoned it was closed to the public in 1999 yeah that's a long time ago that's a long that is a very long time think of how not appealing that thing is yeah because there's not actual people like maintaining yeah there's not people like maintaining that so like you had to like clear some brush out and like all these crazy things Mm -mm. It's crazy, crazy. This is a typical Florida man story. So if you yes, ever like search so Florida true. man, like this is the type of story that comes up. It's, it's so true. It's so crazy. But another crazy story, well, not actually a crazy story, but um, another thing that made the news this week was AMC and Universal Studios are fighting. Basically, the feud started after Universal pulled Trolls World Tour from the theaters and it went straight to on-demand video uh, streaming just, you know, because nobody was going to the movies because of quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, Universal then posted on, like, their social medias and on their website the success of the movie and AMC got a little mad. And they fired back, stating that it was because people were stuck at home and that it wasn't a shift in the movie-going preference like Universal stated and whatnot. Um, And then Universal made a big statement and said that they would no longer show Universal's movies. AMC made the statement. Yes, AMC made the statement that they would no longer show Universal's movies. Which, how does that hurt Universal more than it hurts you, AMC? It doesn't. (laughs) I don't think they actually understand the scope of how many many Universal Studios movies are out there. 100%. There's also other, you know, companies like you, obviously you have Disney, you have Paramount, Lionsgate, which those might even be the same thing now. Yeah, there's so many, you know, production companies out there, but like Universal Studios is a huge one. Right. So you mean to tell me when you want to do like the Harry Potter flashbacks, when like the new Fantastic Beast movie comes out, that's going to make a lot of money when it comes out because it's going to go back into theaters. Like it's just... It's going to take time, but like there's, you know, it's going to go back into movie theaters, you know, to show and premiere and things like that. So you mean to tell me you're not going to play that movie? In general, like the cinema experience is dying already because of all the streaming that's happening. Yeah. And with this, it's even, you know, it took a huge hit on that. I would like to know your thoughts on if you think that more of on-demand streaming is going to take over and like how will this affect like cinema going experience in the future? Because, like, obviously this quarantine is going to change everything about it. Right. I do think that 
on demand slash streaming is the future and it's what everything is going towards. I will say that cinemas that will become obsolete are the cinemas that don't offer something extra. And when I say that, I mean if you have an IMAX theater, you're still going to get business because there are films that are amazing to see in IMAX. There are films that I've watched in IMAX that I will never watch again, maybe unless I get the opportunity to watch them in IMAX again. And there's also the cinemas that, like we have an Alamo Draft House here, which is this fun kind of art house cinema that serves you food. So you actually have a server that comes to your table and serves you food and they have fun like watch parties, stuff like that. So if your cinema doesn't bring an extra element to the experience, if you're just a normal AMC or a normal, you know, whatever generic other right. cinema there is, then I think that you're going to hurt from this. But if you're if you're something a little bit different, if you bring another element to the table, I think you'll still thrive because you'll be a different experience yeah we have something very similar it's called ipic and it's like you kind of like the chairs recline all the way and like you have food and drinks and things like that like yeah those are still going to prosper and i feel like a lot of the amcs that you know are kind of on the smaller scale are gonna you know those those places are not going to recover and i agree with you if cinemas are not having that basic you know extra things that make it worth it to go to the movies I mean yeah it is worth it sometimes to go to the five dollar movies on Tuesdays but like I don't want to go see every movie on a five dollar Tuesday where there's so many people it's loud it's not an enjoyable experience you know um sometimes I I want to go and have like the luxurious you know cinema experience where we get nice you know food and things like that and I think honestly like this statement just it, it kind of escalated at 10, 10 years in the future yeah. because that's going to make it so much harder because there's a lot of Universal Studios movies coming out within the next couple of years. Yeah. And now this, they just completely killed themselves. They like, shot killed themselves it. in the foot. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's so it's like it's crazy because there's an AMC theater at City Walk in Universal yeah. Studios. Yeah. So, like, what's going to happen? Like, I'm sure you're locked into a lease for a, a significant amount of time. I know you're not paying year like a year-to-year lease. I know you're probably paying five to ten-year lease. So, are you just going to, like, pick up and leave? Yeah. Are you going to stay at Universal Studios and not play Universal movies? <laughs> that makes As no sense. Universal Studios is going to let them that not makes play no their sense. Film. Yeah. <laughs> So speaking of businesses, we are going to talk about our side hustles today. Oh, a whole side hustle episode. Yeah, a whole episode just dedicated on our side hustles. Um, So yeah, for me, aside from this side hustle, I have a subscription box for veterinary technicians and nurses. I kind of started it because there was no market for it. There was only like pet sub boxes and like nursing subscription boxes. Which the nursing subscription boxes are kind of similar in content, but basically like the themes of the, not the themes of the box, but like the themes of the equipment are a little bit different. Like for nurses, it's more targeted toward like human aspects or like human 
things where like the humor is a little bit different and then like more obviously like mine is going to be more toward like veterinary content you know animals cats and dogs um I know like a lot of nurses boxes won't have like paw print things whereas like mine would um and things like that so I mean that's kind of a little bit about my side hustle and Katie you actually have quite a few side hustles yeah I'm a jack of all trades and a master of none of them But they keep me busy, and I enjoy every single one, so, I mean, there you go. We've got this podcast. Um, I do, I own a small business. I do special events, hair, and makeup, so I partner with photographers in my area. I partner with a couple wedding planners and elopement planners. Um, I try and mainly stick it to like stick to brides or, you know, photo shoots, special events, proms. I also, I work a lot in the wedding space. So either in the capacity of hair and makeup or me and my husband, Jonathan, own a photography and videography business. So we do a lot of weddings as well. I just really love the wedding industry. I love being a part of people's day. So I really enjoy those jobs. Um, I also have a YouTube channel that I really love. I feel like it's my biggest creative outlet. So those are kind of the ones that I juggle. I um, I started them, obviously, some of them I started them for a need of extra income. But more importantly, I, I gravitated towards all of them because just different passions. Um, I love my job, but I have a lot of different interests and passions other than the travel industry and being a tour guide and working with adolescents. So I feel like I kind of just found things that I was interested in and maybe had like a natural talent towards and just kind of figured it out. (laughs) So I just want to like take a moment to just say that I know as people are going to start to get to know us, they're going to realize, you know, that you were in my wedding party and you also but like you do wedding photography and videography and like why I didn't pick you guys like you and John to do like our photography and videography but like we also had another like my husband's best man also does that with his wife as well but I will say that I I wanted you guys like I know you guys have talents and things like that and I know you would have been happy to do it I know they would have been happy to do it but I wanted you guys to be actually a part of our wedding and not behind the scenes And, like, you also do hair and makeup, which you didn't do our hair and makeup either. And, like, I had someone outside come and do it, and I wanted you to experience it as well because at the same time, like, even if you are doing something in your industry, like, when you have such a big event like that, it's sometimes nice to just kind of sit back and be a part of it instead of, like, having to, like, work while you're trying to, like, mingle with your personal life. It meant so much to me that you wanted me involved in your wedding on that personal of a capacity. Um, If you would have said, hey, Katie, we really love your work. We want you guys to do this. I 100% would have been flattered and excited to do your wedding. But I feel like a lot of times when people I know personally ask me to do, to work their wedding, I should say, they always want to use our friendship as a way just to like get a deal. Yeah, it's like that friend discount, which I feel like is not... You should never do that unless like you would have offered, hey, I'll do this for Mm -hmm. this amount. I would have never asked you, hey, Katie, I need you to do my hair plus hair and makeup plus your hair and makeup plus six other people's hair and makeup. Oh, and I also want you to do it for like 
half the price of what you normally would charge other brides because we're friends and you're also going to walk down the aisle and have bridesmaids duties. I feel like that's not fair. And anybody who has friends who do stuff like this, don't do that. So just support your friends in their side hustles. (laughs) So do you have any tips for people who are starting a side hustle? Yes. Um, My biggest tip probably would be just to do it. You will always have doubts. You will always have insecurities. You will always have people who don't support you, who don't understand why you're starting a side hustle, why you're starting a specific side hustle. There's always going to be negative factors. But at the end of the day, is it worth dealing with all of that to you? You know, are you that passionate about what you want to start? Are you that interested? If it's if it's important to you, then none of that will matter. And you just need to start because everyone started at, at one point in time. I, I have to tell my myself that a lot, especially with my YouTube channel. A side hustle is going to grow really slow. <laughs> and it's really hard work and you're not going to see overnight success Nine times out of ten, you're not going to go viral. You're not going to make it big in five seconds. So I constantly have to remind myself that some of the people in my industries that I look up to started from somewhere. Yeah, and I just kind of want to talk about that. Um, I don't have a YouTube channel and I'm not not on the influencer level, Um, but I do feel like I do watch a lot of YouTube. Like we don't have cable, so YouTube is our prime, prime source of content consumption a lot of the youtubers who go who blow up and are successful overnight like the burnout is so real mm-hmm. and yeah they may have a couple viral videos but then like they kind of fall off the face of the earth like they don't make any more content or you have people which i feel like if you're listening to this video you i mean this this podcast you are not you don't watch the paul brothers <laughs> i honestly do not like their content it is yeah. not for me you know they're controversial controversial in either way like you know jake has his own issues logan has his own issues but it's like they're only viral because of the things they do the crazy stunts yeah. but then you also have the youtubers like jenna marbles and shane yeah. dawson who have been on youtube since day one and like they're still pretty viral because they built that slow thing. I remember watching Jenna Marvel's videos when YouTube first became a thing right? and then stopped watching it because YouTube didn't blow up and then YouTube blew up again. And then, you know, there was all of her videos and it was better content. And it's like, she grew with her audience instead of, Oh, well, I'm not going to grow up. I'm going to keep making content that was cool about five, 10 years ago and not evolve to the way the world is. And another big YouTuber is Casey Neistat, which Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, he hustle and grind Mm -hmm. until like he made the channel the way he is. And no, starting out with your side hustle, you're not going to be at Casey's level. Even if you are like you're making YouTube videos, like you're not going to reach Casey's numbers anytime within the next year. It's going to take years. It literally took him like 10 plus years to get to where he is. Yeah. And unless you have like, you're starting to do like these crazy videos that are not true to yourself, Mm -hmm. you're never going to like, you may make it to that point within the next year, but you don't want your channel to grow that way. You yes. want it to grow organically and things like that. Yes. If you want your side hustle to truly be successful and to have the longevity that it needs to be a great source of income, there's two things you need to do. You need to find your niche. 
and you need to lock down and market only to your targeted audience, to your perfect fan. Like Sarah Beth, let's use her as an example because hers is very easy. She niched down. She said, I see a need for a specific tiny community and that's who I'm going to target to. And her ultimate fan, her true fan is the veterinary nurse that wants a subscription box like a normal nurse. That is going to give Sarah Beth's subscription box the longevity that it needs to produce the numbers that she wants it to produce. Will it take her a long time to produce those numbers? Absolutely. You're working on word of mouth. You're trying to market to influencers and get the word out. Word's not going to spread overnight like a Paul Brothers video. You're relevant for five seconds, but you're not going to have the longevity that Shane Dawson has, that Jenna Marble has, that Casey Neistat has, you know? Yeah. And like, that's my tips for, you know, for me personally, if you are going to start doing a side hustle, like, like Katie said, you need to research your niche. You have to do your research. I haven't been working on this box for over a year now. It's not something, it's not like this podcast where we were like, oh, hey, let's start it. There's a lot of research that goes into it. A podcast is, is pretty easy. Almost everybody can start a podcast. All you need is a good mic, a good computer and a software program to push it out. Like that's literally it. Did you actually expect to start a podcast? Oh, absolutely no way. I mean, when we started, we barely knew how to do anything. I know. Thank God that we had Anchor. Right? Also, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will actually distribute your podcasts for you. So it can be heard on any platform like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. But yeah, and then like another tip that I have is... Honestly, just go for it. I Mm -hmm. have been going in this past year doing my research for my box. I have been teeter-tottering to I want to do this to I don't want to do this because I don't have enough time or I'm scared of the outcome. I'm scared it's not going to do well. I'm scared it's going to flop. And then there are days where I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is what I need. It's going to be a side project. It's going to be great. You have to go into it and you have to do the legwork before you blow up. Yeah. Do I honestly think that I'm going to get 10,000 subscribers when I first launched my box? Absolutely not. Kitty also talked about influencers. If you go onto YouTube right now and search for veterinary nurse or veterinary technician, it is very slim compared to you searching for like lifestyle and beauty and all travel and all these things. It's that's such a bigger niche than it actually is mine. So I need to make sure that I'm marketing and I'm using these influencers and, you know, I'm not just searching YouTube. I'm searching Facebook. I'm searching Instagram. I'm searching Twitter. There's a lot of things going out there that I have to do research and I'm building every day. So that way, when I do launch, I'm in contact with these influencers and I'm, I know the steps that I need to take. And I'm also, you need to make sure that if you are doing a product-based side hustle, you need to find something that stands out. Yes, I could absolutely do a box for as cheap as possible, 
you know, it could cost you $20, but like, I guarantee you the longevity of that is going to be a little bit harder, especially in a smaller niche, because I'm not going to want to pay $25 for a subscription box where all I get is junk. To kind of sum that up, it's a lot of it is even if you are doing like something product based, or if you are going into like the influencer and you are, your side hustle is about you, there is still research that needs to go into it. Mm -hmm. Because if you're going to start a YouTube channel or you're going to do an Instagram or anything like that, you need to research the best way to do it. So let's start off by talking about social media as a marketing tool. Just, you know, how do you think it's affecting the marketing world? Is it changing the way we view marketing? We're paying for marketing, um, stuff like that, especially for you, you have a product-based niche. Um, yeah. how are you using, how are you utilizing social media to market your box? I am using social media as the only way I'm marketing my box. Um, I think social media has a huge impact on the way that things are being marketed today. Like it used to be just billboards and radio ads and things like that. Now it's literally everywhere. Like we said, you know, with influencers and things like that, um, it's also one of the cheapest marketing options out there. Like all you have to do is create a, create a profile for your business. Then you start posting your product and then that's it. That that's literally it. Like I said, that you take a picture, you post it on social media, you get it shared. That's the easiest way to market something. And yeah. I feel like even if you are like a content creator or influencer, it's pretty much the same thing. Wouldn't you? Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. I feel like the future of marketing has shifted from agencies, like you said, ads, billboards, radio spots, to now social media because of how affordable it is it's so for you as a business owner of a product it is it makes so much more sense to take your marketing budget and send a portion of it to me as an influencer who has a trusted following who when I say I love this product I think you will too because you like my content that is that will generate so much like so many more sales for your product than just a generic ad broadcasted to every person's radio. The content that you're going to make with the Facebook Facebook ads is going to be more um, well received than just like a generic. Oh, hey, we started a new company. This is our product. Here's a 10 percent off coupon instead yeah. of like actually engaging you know, with the people who are following your social medias. And I mean, to be honest, like I put up my social medias for my box and ha didn't have any post. And like, I already have three, like three followers on Twitter. Yeah. And like, I literally have a profile picture and that's it. Nothing else is posted on my Twitter. Nothing is posted on my Instagram. And my Facebook page is not even live yet. And I already have people wanting to know what it is. Right. I think we both agree that anyone listening to this who is thinking about starting a side hustle, they need to factor in social media. Like that is a given. That's a must. I don't think there's any way that you can get around that. What would you say are your biggest tips for getting started on social media? Yeah. So I, I am very, um, introverted when it comes to social media. 
Um, my personal social medias are private. I don't really post anything. Um, if you see stuff on my Facebook, it's usually because I'm tagged in something. Um, I don't, I just don't really post there. So this has been a very much of a learning curve for me. But I think a lot of it that has helped with, you know, creating the content for my box and even the podcast is I'm not posting my face. I'm highlighting my product. I'm not highlighting me. So, you know, I'm not sharing information about me. It's it's literally all the, the products that target, target my niche. They don't really need to see the face behind the business. They really want to see the product. So if you are product-based, you need to let people know what they're paying for and like explain that I picked this product and I curated it for this box for this, for this reason, you know, X, Y, Z. Another tip that I have is to find a social media content calendar, especially if you are terrible at social media like I am, because those are easy posts. Like find a calendar that has like those weird, obscured holidays like National Popcorn Day and things like that. Those are super easy content to post and just like regular U.S. holidays or Canadian holidays or wherever you are in the world. Those holidays are literally a goldmine of posts because those are so engaging and it's relatable at the same time. Yeah, I know. So like you're a little bit different. So you're definitely the type of person that, you know, the content that you create is I have to put on a face of makeup or go natural face to be more real and kind of like you're promoting yourself in a way because your brand is you. So like, what would be your tips? Because I feel like a lot of people who are starting, who want to start a side hustle is more of like your type content, whereas it's not necessarily mine. It's easy and it's hard to start a influencer type side hustle. Um, It's easy because it's literally you. It's your life. It's, you know, what you're doing, what you're eating for breakfast. All of that is really relevant content. So it kind of comes naturally. Just follow yourself throughout the day. But it's also hard because it's your life. Um, If you're not staying true to you and staying true to your voice, your followers will see that. And that will make you more unappealing. You can't just be like, you know, the person that you specifically follow, you definitely can be inspired by others and kind of glean from what they do, but you cannot be a carbon copy of another influencer or content creator because people will see the inauthenticity. Is that a word? Yeah. And I feel like they pick that up very quickly because everyone is watching out for that at the moment. Yes. One thing that helped me though is... I looked up content calendars like Sarah Beth was saying. I looked those up for myself, um, just like on Pinterest. So I have in my personal calendar, I have just uh, inspiration words. So if something in my personal life isn't happening or it's not a major holiday or if it's not a day that content is coming really easily, I can look at that trigger word And kind of create content based off of that, whether it's a quote that I like or an opinion that I have or, you know, something, something that I can tailor my life around, but be inspired by that word that has helped a ton. Um, But also like use current events, like don't be tone deaf. Obviously, I have posted about quarantine and coronavirus. Did I have quarantine and coronavirus on my content calendar when I planned all of that out three months ago? No, absolutely not. 
but I've adapted and I've made myself relevant because you're not going to get you're not going to appeal to people if you're not relevant. Um, I use a lot of stock photos if I am, you know, feeling uninspired or I just don't have original content. Unsplash has been my everything. It's free, gorgeous stock photos. You definitely need original content, whether that is asking a friend to take a picture of you because they're interested in photography Or I know John shoots a lot of my original content. And then for days that I need stuff for anything for YouTube or my Instagram and he's not here, I have an iPhone tripod with a Bluetooth remote and I'm shooting content myself of me. So you just, there's ways and tips and tricks to affordably (laughs) kind of break into this space But it's definitely a hustle. It's not easy. Uh, And you got to be willing to put a lot of work into it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they call it hustles. Because if it was easy, everyone would do it. You know, one of the things I've been seeing go around is, you know, talking about, oh, you didn't start this side hustle because you didn't have time. Now you have all the time in the world. You know, you should be doing, you know, you should be, you know, basically doing launching all of your side hustles and then I see like a lot of people are just like oh don't compare yourself like it's okay to not be you know doing any of this I kind of fall on both aspects of it like if you are burnout and you are struggling with mental health in this quarantine because I know a lot of people are social butterflies are struggling right now mm-hmm. and I get that if you cannot put out the content that you want to put out because the quarantine has affected you so much that's okay But if you are literally sitting on your couch doing absolutely nothing and you wanted to start a side hustle and you haven't done it in this quarantine, you are missing a huge opportunity. Well, and that should tell you that maybe you're not as passionate as you thought you were. Absolutely. You know, if you are struggling with this quarantine and you cannot put out that content, it's totally understandable. Right. Like, like we said before, we both struggle with mental health issues. And like, this honestly has been the one thing that is keeping me sane at this point, because I'm on a break between my school right now. So if I wasn't working on this, you know, my side hustle on the podcast, I would literally be playing Animal Crossing all day. Right. And And I feel like I would have gone crazy. We don't want to be insensitive. We don't want to devalue your emotions because I've had days during this quarantine where I don't want to do anything and I don't I just lay in bed and I watch SVU just binge yeah I mean Um, I've had those days too right but at the same time there are days where I feel like I want to watch SVU and binge but I need to get stuff done because these are important things to me I work I work a very seasonal job, but I am determined to post content on YouTube twice a week. I had to work my butt off to produce enough content to make sure that my channel was going to be sustained enough to post twice a week, even while I was gone for three months. And that's just what you do. I mean, Sarah Beth has, is literally in school. I, I literally do not know how I would have done this if I was in school still you know Um, I've been in school for so long now that it's just normal that's that's fair but 
this box was important enough to her that she found time and she sacrificed the things that she needed to to make sure that she she gave a hundred percent at school and she gave a hundred percent to the box so yeah and even like now I added this on as well so it's like I'm now having to give a hundred percent in three different places and you know it's you know it's something that's kind of keeping me sane and how it's Mm -hmm. you know been good for my mental health am I like Katie where I've had days where I sat on the couch and did absolutely nothing and just binge watch tv absolutely there's probably been more days of that than I can count but it's un- also unhealthy for you to sit and do that yes, for days on end. Yes. We're not saying that you can't ever have those days. Yeah. But, but if you're having same- those days at 30, you know, you're doing that for two weeks straight, mm-hmm. especially if you're living in New York City, you're in the same apartment. You can't go outside. So yep. if you're just laying in your bed all day and not doing some type of productivity, it's going to make it worse. What do you think about people who ask should I start a YouTube channel or Instagram niche niche based content? What what would you say to those asking that question? So I feel like if you want to be more of a content creator, absolutely. You need every social media out there. Mm-hmm. You need TikTok. You need Snapchat. You need Instagram. You need Facebook. You need Twitter. You need Pinterest. You need a YouTube. If you mm-hmm. want to be an actual content creator. Now, if you're starting a business that is product-based, do I need a TikTok? Absolutely not. Do I have one? I absolutely do. Do I necessarily need a Pinterest? Probably not, but I have one. Do I have a YouTube channel? Will I ever post things on this YouTube channel? Like, will I vlog? Will I do any of that? No, but will I film unboxings of my box? Absolutely. Like we said earlier, it's free marketing tools. So the more social media that you're on, the more free marketing you have. We now live in a world to where you cannot not have social media. And like I said, if you want to be a content creator, like YouTube is the easiest thing. Just film yourself with your phone. You don't need all this equipment. There are a lot of people who film from their phones and you can literally go to. So those are photo and video store here called B&H. Mm-hmm. I literally walked into that store one time and saw it's a vlog starter kit. It's literally everything you need to start vlogging on YouTube, but it connects to your phone. And it was less than $100. That's you really can also cool. find them on Amazon and things like that. Or, you know, like another, you know, we started this podcast. We need an Instagram. We need a Facebook. We need a Twitter. We need a Pinterest. Will we have a TikTok? Who knows at this point? We should. You know, it's just, it's a missed opportunity if you don't jump on the social media trains. I'm not ignoring your statement about TikTok. I'm just kind of ignoring it at the same time. Because um, like I said, I'm very introverted. Well, the content I, is like turning in my head right now. Do I, po- oh my do I post on my own per- personal, personal <laughs> social medias? No, like it's, you know, it's just one of those things. It is very easy for Sarah Beth to distinguish herself personally from her box. It's very easy to distinguish myself from my life and the photos I take or the hair that I do or the wedding content that I produce because I'm not speaking as myself on those accounts. There's You're speaking a lo- as a brand. so Right, right. There's a lot of scrutiny that comes with you and your life being your side hustle, there's a lot 
um, a vulnerability that needs to happen in order to make yourself relatable. So if those are things that you're willing to do, then it sounds like you truly have an interest and a passion for this. So just go for it. So one of my questions for you is, so we watch a lot of YouTube there's a lot of YouTubers who do like personal vlogs, which mm-hmm. I feel like you you weren't doing too many like actual personal vlogs, but you are like actually creating content out of your house. How do I want to word this? You basically have to distinguish yourself as a brand. Mm-hmm. Now, there you also you have a husband and, you know, you have friends and things like that. Like I know you vlogged my bachelorette trip. Like we asked everyone if they were okay with being on the vlog. Um, I had no problem with it. My other bridesmaids didn't have any problem with it, but I feel like some might have a problem with being in vlogs consistently. Mm -hmm. Like if we would say we would make it an annual girls trip and things like that, and you would constantly vlog, how, how does it affect you and your like relationships and friendships when it comes to certain people, especially people who don't want to be on camera, who don't want to be on YouTube? And also has it like, has it affected your relationships in the aspect of, oh, hey, let's, you know, you see a lot of these big YouTubers like boyfriend versus girlfriend is a huge example where they were constantly creating content, but it was taking an effect on their relationship. And they ultimately broke up because of the fact YouTube breakups. that they weren't making content for each other, that they were making content just for the vlog. Yeah. How do you kind of deal with that? Because that's going to be especially like in our age, there's a lot of people who have significant others and things like that. How do you like tread those waters? So for me, it's a little bit different because Jonathan and I are married and we were married and together before, for a long time we were together before I started my channel. Um, I always will ask people if they're okay being in the vlog. I love vlogging trips because that to me is such that's like the family albums that I have at home but my version of them like I can look back at your bachelorette trip and and remember that you know or like now that we've started this podcast and we talk about Disney people listening can go to my channel and get an insight of us you know like that's that's just really precious memories with Jonathan it's like I said it's a little different because we are married it's not like we can break up because he doesn't want to be in the vlog, you know, like, I mean, it could happen, but at the same time, like, I would like to think that our relationship is a little bit more sturdy than that. But at the same time, like, if he's having a horrible day and I'm vlogging an at-home vlog and he doesn't want to be in it, then I'm going to respect that. You know, it's just, it's such a territory and I feel like people who want to get into, like, your creative space... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably one of the things is like, if Tyler wanted to start a YouTube channel, or if I wanted to start a YouTube channel, I think you need to have those talks and you need to set those boundaries into place, especially if you're cohabitating with someone or whether it's not even if it's a significant other, if it's a roommate or anything like that, you need to respect those boundaries at the same time. Um, I also do feel like a lot of the people that I do follow, like if they are vlogging something, it doesn't seem like they're actually truly enjoying the moment when it comes to like their friends and stuff. They're more worried about getting the content. And I feel like, especially on the bachelorette trip, like I didn't have to worry about that whatsoever with you just concentrating on creating the content. I actually helped create content for you and was taking videos for you 
and also would be like, hey, Katie, why don't you record this? You know, kind of helping you along instead of, Katie, put your phone down, like enjoy the moment that's happening in front of you. Right. And that's a huge balance that you have to find because I love creating that content. I love having those memories. But at the same time, when I think back to that trip, I don't have memories of just through a camera lens. I have personal memories and it's a really fine line to walk on. But when your side hustle and your brand is you, you still need to compartmentalize this is my personal life and this is my content life. It was good because you didn't let that part of, oh, I'm a YouTube creator. I have things I have to do while I'm on this trip because I need content. So like you guys are just going to have to wait a second Mm -hmm. because like I need to get this picture or, hey guys, can you like pretend like you're laughing so that way like I can have great content? Like it was just more of, hey, we're hanging out. Is it okay if while we hang out, I film, but like I'm also still a part of it at the same time. So I do want to talk a little bit about people who quit their jobs or drop out of school to do their side hustles let's talk about that yeah so this is kind of a a two-edged sword here for me I would never quit my day job for my side hustle because it is a side hustle for a reason it is a supplement it is not I am never going to be the person who says oh I'm a subscription box owner and that's all I am no I'm also putting in work with school to become a registered veterinary technician like that is what when I introduce myself I want to be able to say hey I am Sarah Elizabeth Miller RVT VTS of dentistry like that is that is my end goal this is something that's kind of keeping me not to say that it's a hobby because it's 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 a little bit more than a hobby because there's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm-hmm. If we, you know, if we were considering anything a hobby, it would be this podcast until it starts to take off as well and make it into a hustle. Like if you're sitting in an office and you absolutely hate everything about what you do during the day and your side hustle is making you more money than your real job, absolutely yeah. do it. But I just, as far as the like dropping out of school, I am very pro-education. I feel like a lot of times and a lot of, you know, jobs that I'm that you need in the in the real world, you need a degree. You need some type of degree. Say I started this subscription box and it failed. And I wasn't in school and I decided that I wanted to quit going to school and I wanted to completely focus on my side hustle. I don't have a degree in anything. Yep. So If for some reason my side hustle does not become successful or it ends or we become podcast influencers and we have millions of downloads all the time and then all of a sudden Apple just decides like, hey, we're not going to do podcasts anymore. They're not cool. And I don't have anything to fall back on. Then I'm just basically becoming a stay at home housewife, which there's nothing wrong with that. But that's not, you know, that's not my choice to do. Right. I think especially if you're young and you're straight out of high school and you want to start doing these things, you still need to go to school. But here's the thing. You don't have to go to school and learn nursing or something that doesn't attribute to what you want your side hustle to be. If you're going to school to be a content creator, take marketing classes, Mm -hmm. take design classes, take something that you can actually use and benefit from. Don't just get a general education degree and just say like, oh yeah, I went to college because that's not going to do anything for you. So I... I have side hustles that if they 
if they became my main source of income, I I would quit some things to focus solely on them. But I I want to stress, do not ever quit before your side hustle is making more than your main form of income. Let's um, say it louder for those in the back. <laughs> yeah. My YouTube channel does not make me a single cent. I've been doing it for three years. Would it be wise for me to quit doing my wedding businesses and my tour guiding? No, that's dumb. Then I'm going to be sitting at home putting in so much work and seeing nothing. I see so many people make this mistake. Side hustles are not easy and you will... You're going to give up. You're going to give up if you spend all of your time doing something and it's not it's not growing fast enough to make you the money that you need because you've quit everything. I don't like when people drop out of school for the exact reason that you were saying. My mom always told me and my sister growing up that an education is the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. It doesn't matter what you get it in, how long it takes you to get it, where you get it from, that's yours and no one can ever tell you or take away that degree, that certification, that, you know, whatever you get. And that includes trade school. I get that academia is not for everyone, but get some form of education, some form of training, certification, what have you. I'm not telling you not to work hard and get them to the level of being a full income job, but at the same time, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Katie, I do want to talk to you about that a lot of people are not supportive when it comes to side hustles or even like being on the internet in general. So how do you deal with people who hate on you for starting a side hustle? I know for me, I don't necessarily have any like hate. Um, This podcast may create some. I feel like some people are not going to like what I have to say and are, you know, going to start. I'm going to be putting my life out a little bit more when it comes to this podcast because, you know, the podcast is about us, you know. So like, how do you deal with it? Because you've been like you said, you've been doing YouTube for three years and you kind of have a little bit more experience than I have on this one. So like, how do you deal with stuff like that I mean this has always been a really hard thing for me over the years I've always cared too much about what people think of me I've I've had to work really hard to get over this starting YouTube was so much fun but this was the worst part about it sometimes people won't even be meaning to sound negative or condescending but it comes across that way I I just had to realize that that's not going to go away and I had to also realize that it doesn't matter what I'm pursuing or what job I have or want. There's always going to be somebody who thinks that it's dumb or doesn't agree with it. You will still have moments or comments that will affect you more than others, but that's life. You need to decide if this side hustle is worth pushing through all of that negativity. And if you decide that it is, then you just need to focus on the positive and take care of yourself mentally. And I feel like for me, it's, I feel like the older I get, I feel like I'm turning into my dad, the less I care about what people think about me. 
And it's just more of a, hey, this is how I am. This is my personality. Like, either you like it or you don't. There's a huge difference just between negative, being negative, and actual constructive criticism. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, when dealing with negative negativity, you cannot let it affect you. And I get that it's easier said than done, but... I listened to a podcast where she talks about having imposter syndrome and being crippled by imposter syndrome. So I'm not, I'm not like crazy YouTube successful, but at the same time, I am a YouTuber. I am. Yeah. I make content. I create it. I put it on YouTube. I can't have the imposter syndrome of, oh, I'm not a YouTuber because I don't have a play button hanging up in my home or I don't have, you know, 100K subscribers or I'm not verified on Twitter and Instagram. You know, just because I don't have those things doesn't mean that I'm not a content creator. It doesn't mean that I'm not a YouTuber just because... Sarah Beth hasn't sold a single subscription box yet does not mean that she is not a subscription box owner. You can't let the negativity feed your imposter syndrome because that's going to cripple your content. You're going to suffer from it, not the person who's saying all the negative stuff about it. you. Yeah. Have you ever like kind of got into that like, I feel like an imposter because I don't have a play button. I don't have a thousand subscribers or anything. Or have you kind of just felt, no, I am a YouTuber. I'm just not there yet. No, I have, I have literally cried to Jonathan about how I'm done and I don't want to create anymore or I don't want to bust my butt and see no progress. And sometimes you do have those days. Sometimes it's really hard and you, you're not seeing the growth that you want to because it takes a long time. There's going to be moments where you're like, I'm so over this. I'm so done. But that all boils down, like I said, to if if at the end of the day, you're passionate about this and you truly want to do it, then you'll have the bad day. You'll get up the next day. And you'll start all over again. Yeah. And to kind of get like a different perspective of, you know, working working in a job that you need to have a license to do that also I'm working with some people who are so skilled that it's it's insane it's I've felt the imposter syndrome I like encountered on my hand within the last year of me just doing my clinical work I have felt like an imposter five times that I am not smart enough. I cannot do this. Why am I pushing myself to do this? I will never be as smart or as a good nurse as this person. And like, who am I kidding? I can't do this anymore. Like why, you know, a lot of times it happens when we lose a patient and I feel like I have absolutely failed this patient. And it's because I am not the, I am not the nurse that I need to be. But at the end of the day, I'm a damn good nurse. I I have busted my butt to get an education. I want to make sure that I am the best advocate for my patients. My piece of advice to that is, I know you listen to the podcast and all of this. Like, I've come home so many times just literally holding myself together from 
my clinic site to home. And then as soon as I close the door, I break down into tears because I didn't feel like I could do it or that I even belonged here. And I, I've never really hit the imposter syndrome until we moved to New York. There are going to be people smarter than you. There are going to be people better than you. And I felt like a lot of times that I didn't want to be here anymore because I was being swallowed by the city. But at the end of the day, I get my emotions out. And then the next day I wake up and I do it all over again because I know that this is what I want to do with my life. And just because I am not as good as a technician who has 20 years of experience over me, does not mean that I'm not good at my job. Let yourself feel those things. Let yourself cry it out. Let yourself feel like an imposter. But don't let that define you. I hope that this conversation inspired you to pursue your side hustles. I hope that we gave you a lot of tips. But at the same time, this this last half of the conversation, it went to a really great place. We didn't have any of that like kind of in our timeline, but I do think that that is probably the biggest thing that you need to hear, especially if you're thinking about pursuing side hustles or um, content creation or anything like that. Just know that you're not alone in feeling that way. Let Let yourself feel those things, but don't let it hinder you from pursuing things that you truly love thanks so much for listening to this episode yeah we hope you guys enjoyed we um we just wanted to put our thoughts out there for you know I feel like these were the things that we wish people would have told us when we got started so we wanted to share that with you guys and we hope you enjoyed this episode well that was it for today We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We drop new episodes every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Everything will be linked in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.